Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Rivers. Hey, I am Lakoti. I I want to jump right into the episode. No, well, usually we have to talk about our week. So no, you can't do that because how's everyone's week this week? I don't give a shit about this segment. Fucking tremendous. I don't God care. Damn it! No, well, you don't want to let our listeners know about what our lives. I had a court date. There you go. Cody went to jail. A court jail. <laughs> He's recording live from jail. How's jail doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah. So I figured out why everyone's treating me like a criminal with that traffic ticket. Oh, yeah? That I didn't even have a moving violation with. Like, the little misdemeanor bubble got filled in on my ticket. What? Yeah. So I had to go to criminal court because of some cop's fucking, like, <laughs> shitty, shitty, like, mistake. Oh, so you showed up in there and, and they were like, this isn't a misdemeanor? Yeah. And they dismissed it, like, right then and there. <laughs> I, I Why are you here? That's <laughs> pretty much how it went down. They're like, Cody McCann, how do you plead? And the public defender that was representing me was like, I plead not guilty. And I'm like, wow, I sound like my public defender. <laughs> like, <he laughs> plead, like, the judge asked me, and my public defender like said not guilty. We're dismissing because of bad paperwork. And well, he said it in Latin, so it sounded like a Harry Potter spell. Ex mingulus that cuntilingus. Yeah, that. Right, which means you're obviously a good guy. The judge was a woman? No, it was a dude. A dude? Judge Maloney. Mm. No, Malone. That's a bunch of Malone. All right. Wait, wait. So you're in jail right now, no. and Post Malone was your judge. Jeez. Yep. You know why I don't like this segment? Why? Because this week I have nothing to share. I got nothing. So maybe it's you like more car. of a reflection yeah. to, on myself than it is the, the, the part that we're doing here. It's all, about, it's all about you. I just got nothing to report. Like, I've been on the internet, and nothing's happened. You probably saw a funny meme, though. You could tell us about that. Dude, that's for... Memes are private, okay? Uh, memes are for a waste of time. I think the word meme literally means thing to be shared. Nope. Okay. <laughs> that's not how the internet works. Uh, well, yeah. who's on the choppy, boy? Yes, who is on the chopping block? Ooh, you know who's on the chopping episode. block tonight? Yes, lay it on me. So, we got one of the shittiest dudes. One the of the, the one, shittiest dudes? Yeah, one of the one of the shitty guy. One guy that I personally don't like very much. He's also part of the old Goof Troop series oh, that we've been talking about. Oh, topping it off, are we? That's right. Goofed. It's our second installment on the Goof Troops, which if you remember by listening to the Allen Ginsberg episode where we have Melanie Moat yes. with us. Oh, yes. Great episode. Great guest. I reveal to our audience that we're going to talk about the Beat Poets. Oh, Beat Knacks. So tell me a little bit. Uh, give me a little refresher on what Beat Knack is. So Beat Knack yes. is the precursor to the hippie movement in which a bunch of angry young adults started ripping apart literature for some reason. Why? It's nice. I don't know. It was like the only thing that was nice about society back then because it was, it was a very rigid society. Yeah. Keep in mind, the 50s are very boring. Yeah. And there was a need for people to fuck shit up. And these guys kind of did it, but they did it like idiots. But what about Ethan Frome, though? 
Was that that oh, part of the fifties? What about Ethan? I don't know. That was written in like yeah, no, eighteen ninety, like, right? A long time ago. Yeah, that's dumb. Ethan yeah. Frome's bad. So like these guys were taking Ethan Frome, and when they're going down the sled, they're like, "Yo, instead of not fl- like that." What? What? Hold on. Wait. Well, you can finish your. I was gonna say instead of going down the sled, they were like, "Yo, man, like imagine if the th- sled was like us going downhill, society." If the sled was riding us. Yeah. Something like that? It's not that. I don't know. Isn't that what happens every time you carry a sled? Pretty much. It's just riding you, which is most of the time, if you think about it. Have you ever had a sled go down on you? By accident. It's Ooh. not good. A lot of chase. Sexual Let's put it this smell. way. I used to be six foot seven. <sighs> oh, now I'm shorter. Believe it or not. <laughs> but anyway, we're going into Jack Kerouac today. Hey. Jack Kerouac, right. and there's a little bit of Ginsburg in here, so we do recommend you listen to that one. Not necessarily before this, but probably right after. Yeah, get in there, so watch the, it. Yeah, this is like watching Star. What's the second Star Wars? The Force is, is different. The Force, the Force happens before you watch Phantom Menace. Da, 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 da. You'll never know about Jar Jar Binks. Star Trek theme. Yeah. I just ruined everything. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never know about Jar Jar Binks if you don't listen to Padawans. That's right. (laughs) Stay away from George Jar Jar Martin. All of those (laughs) syllables hurt me. Let's see. Padawan. So if you don't know who Jack Kerouac is, he's a sad, sad, abusive author man. For some reason... Every young person in America loves this guy for a short period of time, or they never shake the fact that they loved him. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know I loved him for a little bit, and I was like, this guy's fucking dumb. I thought I would love him. I don't know who this is. Who's red on the road here? Me. I know you, well, obviously not Cody. Cody's head hurts when he reads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do research? I do you His use head a little, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I use a little speed reading app. Oh, you see right. those, right? Those are fun. That's cool. What do you think of On the Road? I don't re- Honestly, I don't remember it. Yeah. The only one that I remembered by his was Dharma Bums. What do you think of Dharma Bums? It was stupid. It was people climbing a mountain, and then they were getting in an argument, but it wasn't really an argument. Right. And then they just like got to the top of the mountain, and it's the end. Yeah, there doesn't tend to be much of a story arc in any of his works, and On the Road being his most famous piece... I could say I felt pretty shitty when I finished that book. Really? Yeah, it's downer. Just, it's um no, no, not like a downer. It's it's very blah. Or like why did we why did we invest our time like this? Yeah, type of- I felt like I really wasted time. Like I was waiting for something to happen, nothing happened. Everyone in the book is a scumbag. And there's very little redeeming qualities to that book, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's probably why I don't remember it. But I do remember when I was in high school being like, I read Kerouac. Yeah. Oh. You know, like, I read Kerouac. It's one of those things where beat poetry is kind of like modern art. Everyone wants to feel like they belong by participating, but yeah. no one really gets it. Basically, if you're really in, I think that's great. I think if you're really in the Jack Kerouac now, unacceptable. If you're, like, into it. In, <laughs> if, if, if you're 20 if, years old and you're listening yeah. to this, then go go for it. Go read, for it. Read Keep it. reading it. Yeah, Keep yeah. reading it. But by 25, you should yeah. shed that. Shrek of a <laughs> of a alcoholic from your memory. Oof. It is like the Shrek of beat poetry, right? Yeah. So Not with that, it. we'll take it from the tip. Oh yeah, tip. Is that it? you gonna make that new thing? What? Take it from the tip. <laughs> We've been taking it from the tip for a long time before a we started this podcast. I've been touching it on the tip. 
I don't know. I feel like everything's been from the tip. Yeah. We were all a tip once. We all came from the tip. <laughs> wow. wow. That got deeper. That's deep, bro. You got a shirt? Jack Kerouac was born March 12, 1922, in Lowell, Massachusetts, to a French-Canadian parents, Leo... I can't fucking pronounce this. It's all it's all French gibberish. Go on, see Bach. Leo Alcide Kerouac and Gabriel Ange Levescu. Wait, wait. His dad's name was Leon Outside Kerouac? Leon Alcide. Oh, Leo Alicide. I don't know. Leon, right, dude, but like, Leon. I don't. I don't I, French done, is bad with me. I've done a few French people. Yeah. Leon Osungan. Hello, Kaloik. Thank you. That's pretty good. Yeah. His first language was French, and he didn't speak English till he was six, and not proficiently till he was in his mid teens. That's interesting. He had two languages before Einstein had one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wait. Einstein was retarded. Einstein was a little weirdo. Yeah, like the first thing he said was was when he was like eight or nine. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Allegedly. Do you think think that Jack Kerouac's first words were like, wee wee, chicken nugget for me? Me, me. No. Probably. Well, one of his youngest memories that he has written in his diary, which we'll talk about more later, is that when he was six years old, he had a divine experience where God told him that he was going to live a really shitty life. And at the end of it, he was going to die, and he was going to, like, feel good about it. Like, Ah. he was going to be put through trials and tribulations, and then come out on top. That's what Jebus told him? Jesus' dad. God. You've heard of him. Yeah, well, I I think I know the guy. I know Jebus more, but... Yeah. I always feel uncomfortable when I'm over Jesus' house, and, like, God steps in, and he's like... What are you boys doing? Do you guys want me to get you some bagel bites? I'm going to go to Costco. Yeah, and he makes things really awkward when God's like, Hey, Travis, do you want to go to that shower? It looks like you're real dirty. Whoa. (laughs) And Jesus is like, Don't do this to my friends. Don't make my friends take their clothes off, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jack Kerouac endured a childhood tragedy in the summer of 1926 when his beloved brother... Gerard died from rheumatic fever at the age of nine. Kerouac's family embraced their Catholic faith even more. <laughs> uh, was his middle name Butler? Jack Kerouac Butler? Or Gerard Kerouac? Gerard, Gerard, Gerard Butler, Butler Kerouac. Kerouac. Yeah. See how I did there? Yeah. He's an actor. He is an actor. He only made it 300 weeks. <laughs> That's taste. A bad taste. <laughs> Wasn't it now? Upon graduating high school in 1939, Jack Kerouac received a football scholarship to Columbia University. Hey. He had to attend a year of proprietary school at the Horace Mann School for Boys in the Bronx. Ah. <laughs> Wait, well, Horace Mann School. <laughs> yeah, we got to turn you into a man. No, Horace Mann was a person. No, but I'm just seeing a squoy, uh, school for men. A squail for men. Squail for men. Yeah, the Horace Man school. They're all like burly. Mm. Yeah. Like their school uniform form is like a like just hair, like chest hair. Yeah. Right? It, just a vest. Yeah, and a, a vest chest hair. Chest hair. Yeah. And all from Horace. He just yeah. shaves every morning. He's like, guess what? You're promoted to junior. Like, combat. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> combat boots and like Steve Irwin shorts. Yeah. <laughs> so he's being like Jacques Kerouac now. Jolie. Wait. So also Jack Kerouac joined the football team. Yeah. Well, he was very athletic. He That's had, surprising. He had a nice cakey build. And these, what? 
Yeah, it was a cakey build, you know? Yeah. Like doughy. Yeah. Tom, you're watching too much British baking show, the British Bake Off. Great British baking show. Yeah. Yeah, I am watching too much. But you know what that means? It really <coughs> means that I feel like I'm not watching enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, rough. Well, you're talking about muscles as sponge cake, so, you know. That's true. So, at the age of 17, Kerouac packed his bags and moved to New York City. Hey. He really liked New York City. Uh, I do. All right, I don't. This is where he found freedom, culture, and jazz. Squirly woo pop ba da ba 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 Yeah, that. That's jazz, dude. Got it. The way Travis just improvised that is yeah. very similar to how Jack Kerouac wrote his novels. Oh, for real? He could do voice saxophone and voice tambourines? No, it just sucked. Uh, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> dude, I just played at Lincoln Center with Lincoln Park. I'm the news. Uh, You're Chester now. Yeah, I'm Chester too. They they put Super you in Chester. his clothes. I think he's like he, he was 130 pounds soaking wet. That boy. Yeah, but you know what? I'm the new like at Lincoln Center, the Jazz Center. Lincoln Park's playing there, starring me uh, as Lincoln Bannister. Well, if this was real, Bannister. could you get us like a better studio? Yeah, dude. Do they pay you anything? Is this a charity piece? I would, know. but like uh, things are crawling in my skin right now, and I'm having a hard time all even right, talking. All right, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> in 1940, Jack Kerouac arrived at Columbia and broke his leg in the second game of the season. Why'd he do that? Pussy. Because he's a bitch. After the injury, he began to pursue his real passion, literature. Pussy. <laughs> he wasn't cut out for sports anyway, since he took everything personally and had very thin skin. Pussy. Yeah. And legs, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Really shitty legs. <clears throat> Kerouac began to cut class regularly. He studied the style of the writer Thomas Wolfe and hung out in New York City streets. In 1941, Kerouac had an argument with Columbia's football coach and left the school entirely. Oh, oh wow. He was like, I'm going to Columbia, and it's the best school in the country almost. Yeah. But fuck it. Fuck it. I got in an argument, and I just like being dirty in Times Square. With a heroin addict named Henry Hunky. Oh, Henry Hunky? Yeah, Hunky. It's either Henry or Hank. Hunky. I don't know. He's. I'm not going to cover him, but he's considered one of the godfathers of beat, too, even though he didn't write a goddamn thing. Oh, okay. One of those. He just like sat in, in a New York... Well, he sat in a Times Square cafeteria and held court. One of those guys <laughs> oh, at 4 oh. o'clock in the morning telling homeless people that everything is wrong. Uh, Jack Kerouac and this Hunky guy... Sound like Hubert Hunky. Okay. Sorry, Hubert Hunky. You Hunky. Both of these guys sound like everything I hate about New York City. Yeah, they're just entitled assholes. fucking pricks that show up and they're like, "I'm roughing it." Are you? <laughs> with 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 a BlackBerry, you're roughing it. Yeah. With a, well, if you have a BlackBerry now, you are roughing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is roughing it. Mm. <laughs> so through and through, Jack really was a writer. He took the act of writing very seriously. And kept a consistent journal throughout his whole life. Now, I picked this journal up through some of my research. You touched it? It's all shit. It sucks. <laughs> I fucking hated it. Did he put a lock on his journal? Was this like my my diary? It was, yeah, Jack one of the voice Kerouac. activated ones that the little girls get. Yeah, with like fuzzy oh, yeah. binding Jack Kerouac. And it's like, what's the password? And he was like, feelings. Yeah. Today, wow. today I fell in love with a beautiful woman named Heroin. <laughs> I don't know 
Alvarez. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. I don't know if he ever got into heroin. He got into a lot of other dirty things, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it the Benzatrine or whatever? The, oh, the, cracking Benny's. Benny's. Yeah, Benny's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got into that a lot and all kinds of amphetamines. Yeah, so, gonna, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But I wonder what Travis is going to do. Really quickly, before people are like, what the fuck is Benny's? Is Travis talking about the mummy again? Right. No, Benny's were these inhalers <laughs> that uh, people would get for like, I don't know, fucking coughs. But it had amphetamines in it, so kids would take the inhaler and like crack it and like suck the amphetamine out of it because they were having fun. Come on, I mean, I would do that. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. You would do it. I've seen you do different things that are very similar. <laughs> in one of his diaries, he listed some rules that he tried to live by. Now you think these would be somewhat righteous or even like pretentious high horse bullshit, but he was pretty honest. A couple awesome. of the rules I want to highlight is that he wouldn't waste any of his time loving anyone when he felt that they were better than them. He felt like he was better than most people. Oh, okay. Ugh, I hate that mentality. Yeah. Having Kruger. And he also accepted the fact that his greed was natural and so was his pride and embraced them in his older age. Okay. All right. Get off his lawn. Yeah. So whenever but- he felt greedy, he was just like, that's normal. Right. That's how I do it. Yeah, but this isn't something that he's saying to everyone. This is shit that you found in his dear diary, Jack Kerouac, right? This is like, this is how I live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not really, like, being honest anyway. He's like, yeah, I'm greedy, and I fucking write that shit in my diary. No, it's like, I'm going to try to be. If I'm greedy, I'm going to fall through with it. Yeah, right. Which is like. I get it. No, it's fine. I mean, like, I appreciate the honesty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also stupid. Little, little stoops. As Ninny is out there, I really would hope that all of you strive for better ingredients. Uh, this is really a Come moral on. show. No, this is a moral show, and I think you should strive for better ingredients like happiness, uh, trust, uh, respect, Transformers, Lion-O. It got... Uh-huh. It was wholesome up until Transformers. No, these are all wholesome things. Toy Story, um... Uh, uh, the Smash Mouth, the second album. That you got to shut up, dude. With. No. You got to shut up. I'm trying to do a message for our kids. I'm trying to do, trying to do a podcast for what our kids? kids. I'm trying to do something that they'll learn about it. There's no kids. It says you're reading diaries. Okay, keep going, Tom. Yeah. So he made the decision to join the Navy and fight in World War II. Cool. But he was kicked out after 10 days of boot camp. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of hard to do. Maybe uh, you wanted to. I, I mean. Know. I could do it. I'm sure a lot of people bail out, but like, what was there a reason why he was like, was he just not, he was like, I don't want to do this. He had fallen arches, bone spurs. I don't remember the exact wording, but it had something to do with an erratic behavior thing where the people watching over him were like, this guy is, uh, he's going to kill someone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the, the armed forces. Yeah. After every set of push-ups, he writes a mean thing in his diary. Yeah. Well, to better phrase, he's push-ups. he's gonna kill someone that we don't want him to kill. <laughs> right. right. One of miles. these days. Come on. Even though he dropped out of Columbia, he worked as a merchant marine and hung around the campus with the rest of the goof troops that I said mentioned before. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, the shitty Ginsburg. Yeah. Shitty Ginsburg. And then we have Burroughs. Ah, William S. Ah, Burroughs, ah. which I can't wait to do an episode on. Oh yeah. Spoilers. John Clement Holmes, another poet. But you wouldn't know it. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't know it. And uh, a boy named Lucien Carr. Lucien Carr. That's right. 
These folks spent their time writing poetries, getting drunk, and getting sexy with ladies, and sometimes getting sexy with each other. Oh! oh. Any tips a, a grip? And that's not a... There's no besmirching there. You want to get sexy who, with whoever? Yeah, do it. Do it. Just <laughs> do it. Doesn't matter. But I'm just saying. Consent helps. <laughs> that's important. That's yeah, very important. Doesn't just help. Doesn't matter the gender. It's necessary. Yeah, you should ask. Yeah. Um. So wait, uh, I want to ask a question here, and I feel like I might know the answer. Sure. But mm-hmm. I feel like he might have been too young for this. Is Hunter S. Thompson part of this crew, or is he? Co- he comes. I know he comes in way later, but he's like too. He's too young for that, right? He's too young to be involved. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson was born in the forties. Oh, okay. So he's twenty years younger than these folks. He knows about them. He. He was really into the beat shit. Okay. Actually, a good time frame for me to know. But I feel like this is a dude that's like kind of in the same realm. He's just later and maybe less shitty. Well, but he's no, still shitty. Hunter S. Thompson is way shitty. Yeah, he's, he's a shitty, shitty fuck. Yeah. And I can't wait to do an episode on him. Okay. We're saving that one. We're gonna we're gonna put that in the pocket for a bit. Yeah. And I love his writing. That's the difference. Jack right. Kerouac is real shitty, and he's got nothing to show for it. Right. Hunter S. Thompson, real shitty. Fantastic writer. Yeah. Right. Good I sense of humor. I got you. All right. I just was wondering if he was part of that. Yeah, he is. And he he's like an extension of it. I'm going to do a lot of research for that one. Okay. That's going to be a good one. In 1944. Uh, uh, just, just, to, just to put this out, Ninnies, we do all of ours are good ones. That's very true. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great one every time. Thanks for that. But when I say good, <laughs> I mean just really long. Right. <laughs> Didn't uh, mean to cut you off there. No, do it. In 1944, Kerouac was arrested as a material witness in the murder of David Kammerer, who had been stalking Kerouac's friend, Lucien Carr, who I just mentioned. Uh Aha. According to Carr, Kammerer's homosexual obsession turned aggressive, finally provoking Carr to stab him to death in self-defense. Holy shit. Carr dumped the body into the Hudson River. Afterwards, Carr sought help from Kerouac. Kerouac disposed of the murder weapon and buried Kammerer's eyeglasses. No, self-defense. Of course. (laughs) Carr, encouraged by Burroughs, turned himself into the police. Kerouac and Burroughs were later arrested as the material witnesses. Kerouac's father refused to pay his bail. Kerouac then agreed to marry Eddie Parker if her parents would pay the bail. Okay. So, because he had murder weapons and I glusus, uh, would he be an accessory in that? No, that's not accessory. That's not murder. accessory? I don't even know. No. I don't watch enough of those SVUs, SJWs, PQRs, NPRs. I think technically, to be an accessory to murder, you have to know it's happening, at least. Oh, okay. He was hiding evidence. Do you think that when he threw the murder weapon, he jerked off on it first? Probably not, but we can pretend. Let's pretend that I he did that. I don't want to. No. Hey, skull. Yeah. Squeen. Read that, my book. Squeen. Read that, my book. Is that masturbating sounds? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Also, the last part of that. Eddie Parker, his sweetheart at the time, I guess she really wanted to marry him. <sighs> and she convinced her parents how great this guy was. Mm-hmm. And gets her parents to bail him out on the stipulation that he marry her. That's weird. Very backwards. Yeah. 
old timing. All right, so there's a guy that's in jail. I love him. He's a great boy. Yeah. You should bail him out so we could get murderings. Yeah, I met a boy, and he's gorgeous. <laughs> he's and I can't mother. wait for you to meet him, but you gotta bail him out first. Gotta meet him. It sounds horrible. It sounds like most marriages in Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> You're on point there. So Carr was charged with second-degree murder. The story was followed really closely by the press, and it went over really well because mm-hmm. this is the time in America where everyone was afraid of gay folks. Uh, yeah, they thought if they touched you, you'd be gay. <laughs> so, ah! so this Woo-hoo. young, promising college student, Lucian Carr, is like, my defense is that this man tried to touch my penis. Oh. oh. So come on, guys. Cut me a break. Look at this. This Can is the believe? penis he tried to touch. Exactly. Look that at was my penis. Re- Expl- let me Exhibit sh- A. May I, sh- yeah, may I show the jury? <laughs> <laughs> was that really his defense, though? Like, honestly. Honest to God. Well, the fact that he was able to convince a judge and jury that this guy was preying on him uh, mm. based on his homosexual panic, <sighs> he was able to convince them that uh, it was 100% self-defense, and he only spent two years behind bars for killing this guy. Oh, my uh, God. That's and, terrible. And, like, covering evidence up? Yep. Perfect. That's bad. Write mm-hmm. poetry now. And wait, yep. Jack Kerouac, he's not part of this? This is the guy that actually murdered the dude. This is the guy. I'm just giving you more context yeah. for, the, for the situation. But Jack Kerouac's fine. Jack Kerouac spent four nights in prison. Hmm. <laughs> and got bailed. For being an accessory. Not an accessory, excuse me. A, a key, like, he was tampering with evidence. A player. Like, yeah. I don't know what that is. We're not lawyers here. We're not, we're not roast lawyer podcast. Objection! Obstruction of justice. Yeah. If we were, we would have got Cody out of jail months ago. I yeah. wasn't in jail. <laughs> You're in jail right date. now. <laughs> Cody, tell me who who you bitched already. Who's your bitch? Uh, Manfred. Manfred. All right. So can you put Manfred on the mic? Are you asking Cody to do character acting right now? No, I'm just asking him to put him on the mic. Just It's your boy Manfred. What can I do for you? All right, so how good is Cody in the sack? He's a little rough around the edges because of, you know, the uh, condition. But it, it's it's fine otherwise because he's got, you know, that, that slim Filipino figure. I really, really just... <laughs> j'adore. J'adore, let me tell you. Oh, Manfred, it's been such a good time talking to you, man. But we're doing a show right now. Can you... Can you uh, get your penis out of Cody's Where butthole and is bring the line back? for the conjugals? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Neil Cassidy, who I thought I was going to cover with the goof troop thing, but then I decided not to because he's just a fantastic accessory to this whole fucking ploy. He hasn't written dick. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> worships this fucking asshole. He's worthless. Absolutely worthless. At least Kerouac published something. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Neil Cassidy was a car thief slash child molester from Denver, Colorado. Combo. Very inspiring. Through a chain of who knows who, Cassidy met Kerouac in New York City. The two became very close friends. Neil was an outgoing butt cheek of a man. And- <laughs> butt cheek of a man. Yes. And Kerou- Kerouac was considerably shy. To the butt cheek. To the Well, not to the butt cheek. He, he found a solace in him. Okay. Kerouac saw all the qualities <laughs> that he wanted for himself in Neil. So what is this guy doing? He's a car thief and a... And a party boy. A <laughs> child molester? <He's> a- <laughs> I just caught up on found solace in a butt cheek. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking so, of. So about. Neil shows up to town and he's, he's basically just doing drugs. Mm-hmm. And he's 
he's the first hippie. Oh. This this is like one of the originals. Patient but, Zero. But he comes from where the hippies don't understand what hippieism is. Oh, right. He's a car thief and a child molest. I wonder like this which is... one came first. Was there like a sexy kid like locked in a car and he's like, oh, I better learn how to get in there. Well, he's been st- he was stealing cars. He had a really rough upbringing. That doesn't excuse anything. No, I, m- I might excuse a few car thefts for that, but not the child molest. Right. But. The two had a threesome with Neil's 15-year-old Texas wife, Luann, in the very bed that Kerouac's dad died in. Oh! 15-year-old Texas <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's your on-the-road hero. Yeah. Oh, fucking terrible. Change the covers, at least. And just kind of just push the corpse off to the side. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, maybe that explains why I was into it when I was 15, because at least then it would have been legal. Well, I mean, they didn't talk about that in the book. No, no, they didn't talk about that. But Neil becomes Kerouac's muse for On the Road, his greatest masterpiece, Mm -hmm. as we know. And I'll talk more about that in a bit. So let's talk literature now. All right. Oh, literature. Kerouac's first published book, Town and City, is a fictional retelling of the murder in which Carr is represented by the character Kenneth Wood. Why any of that matters, I don't know. Hmm. (laughs) Published by Harcourt Brace in 1950, the original manuscript was 1,100 pages. What the fuck? Yeah, so the publisher took it and was like, all right, there's some good stuff here, but we're going to cut out 500 of this. Good. Which a publisher slash editor should do. Yeah, exactly. That is a smart man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Jack Kerouac just rambles in his writing. Yes. To, to no fun. to no significant ends. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No significant one end whatsoever. So it's his first major release, and the public took it okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this was before he was really known as a beat writer. But the, the book didn't sell that well. This is in the 50s. Yes, okay. early 50s. All right. This is around the time when Kerouac started traveling. Kerouac traveled through his early 20s through mid-30s. He would work sometimes to cover living expenses in the places he stops, but most of the time he was just kind of a leech. Moochie. Yeah. He was sworn in as a Sausalito police officer as one of his jobs working as a security guard at the docks was required for him to do. So he was a policey boy. It's He was a security guard, and just because of the Sausalito, San Francisco area requiring him to have some kind of police knowledge. They just swear you in after, like, three days of well, Scantron testing. Well, yeah, like, now, in order to have a San Francisco license plate, you have to own a drone. Because <laughs> that's not true, no. No, that's true. Is that true? Do we yeah. have any San Francisco listeners? Oh, uh... Rustic boy. Yeah, I don't want to dox him, but we have one San Francisco guy. Well, uh, tell me if you own a drone. Yeah, hit us up. You know who we're talking about, right? No. Nah. Okay, well... Anyway, Sausalito police officer. What kind of sexual move is that, Travis? The Sausalito police officer. <laughs> All right. So basically, you're you're laying down on your stomach. You the man. You the man. And your dick is, is sticking out from your butthole. Well, not butthole, <laughs> but like out from your cheeks. So it kind of looks like it's sticking out from your butthole. It's got like so, Gonzo with a turban. Y- yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. There, and it's basically only your head is sticking out. You know. I don't know how big you are, but you gotta you gotta snake around. If 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 it's too big, you gotta snake around so it's just the head. It's mostly head. Yeah. And then the lady is just um 
She's just on top of you, just kind of like rubbing her entire body on your butt cheek. Okay, is she clothed? Yes. Wearing wool. That's hot. (laughs) Salsalito police officer. Yeah, (laughs) Salsalito police officer. So he writes about his time off in Salsalito and San Francisco in his journal, and one of the entries I thought was pretty funny was, quote, Every time I meet a girl, I whip out the old Roscoe and pretend I'm a New York City gangster and scare the hell out of him. Also, one night I pulled it out on a fag and told him I was Nanny Beater Kelly from Chicago. <laughs> Nanny Beater Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> a Roscoe would be a weapon? Yes. Handgun or zip uh, gun. It's thing? probably a revolver piece. I don't know too much about oh, the gun. Yeah, look, look at this, Nanny Beater Helen. Yeah. Andrew, you have? All right. So Roscoe is just slang like a, for, like a for a gun. Or a piece. Piece, yeah. A piece. Yeah. One piece. Yeah. Oh, one rod, a, yeah. one rod. a heater rod, <laughs> which is funny because uh, Jack Kerouac actually used some of the jazz language mm. that was used. Because I remember how I said he was a big jazz fan. Yeah, spent a lot of his time in jazz clubs. Yeah, yeah. and listened to what the musicians would say and talked with them a lot, mm. and used that in his writing. So a lot of the reasons that jazz lingo is popular is because. Jack Kerouac wrote because about he, it? he was ripping off other people's slang. Oh, so uh, Kerouac was a jive Turk. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that he was the Louis Armstrong of nothing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, back to on the road. Published in 1957, it was a fictionalized account of his professional train hopping and dicking around with his friend Neil Cassidy. Their own names were swapped out for Sal Paradise, that being Jack Ker- Kerouac himself. What a name! And Dean Moriarty for. Cassidy. Oh, okay. Stole that shit from fucking Sherlock. Arthur. Arthur Conan Dungus. Upon publishing, the book was passed off as some kind of impromptu piece of literature. In reality, it was worked on for over seven years. Oh, Uh, that's 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 a slap in the face. Yep. Like I worked on this for seven years. Oh, is this impromptu? Well, that's what publishers want. The publishers and him wanted to put it out there like this is just a man's diary oh, that happened, but it was more refined. Yeah, he blurred the line between fiction and reality the same way that Hunter S. Thompson does, but he also doesn't do it in a fun way. No, mm-hmm. like you don't really get anything. He just changes the names of some things and then says that he uh, banged more broads than he did. <laughs> well, didn't he also write uh, on the road on this one big long scroll. Yeah, the tr- the final uh. transcript was written in what would be called a crackhead's method, which is like just binging on uppers for a few days in a row. Uh. Yeah, the book was written on one giant scroll of paper thread through his typewriter because Kerouac couldn't be bothered to swap out individual pieces of paper. What dumb idiot. Uh. Yeah. His editors hated this. I can imagine. And oh, this, yeah. He went to several publishers with it. And they looked at it and they were like, just get out of the office. You're an idiot. That's what I would do. It was also single spacing, which you can't do. Papyrus, probably. Yeah, it's just this. He wrote this giant roll of bullshit. And some publisher picked it up and it did really well. I hate that. Yeah. So, I mean, and and people our age, that would be like printing out something and the little perforated fucking shitty uh, things on the side. You didn't even even fucking tear those off. I put you more tear on. Those shit Didn't off. even tear them off. I would staple more on to piss the teacher off. Some Ugh. shit like that. Yeah. So Cassidy ended up not talking to Kerouac for a couple of years after the book's release because he thought Kerouac made him look like a dick. And let's be clear, Neil Cassidy's a dick. Okay. 
Yeah. That probably was the only truthful part. All the dumb shit he did, the the uh, <laughs> the excessive amount of drugs and like thievery and just using women. It wasn't even fun to read about. There was no jokes. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the stuff I remember from Jack Kerouac, he he was not very kind towards women at all. No, not it was not like it bit. was basically just a hole for him to fucking shove his shit into. <sighs> right, and like I don't know, just really disrespectful. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. This is coming back to what we were just saying about his jazz writing a little bit before. Kerouac's approach to writing was heavily influenced by jazz in two ways. Mm -hmm. And the first one is the vernacular, which we were just talking about. Borrowing terminology from jazz musicians. Examples such as, like, using the word character instead of, like, weirdo or or strange person. Like, he's quite the character. He was a character. Which is like, all right, that's normal. Uh, Chops. Talking about a person's ability. So if someone can play their instrument, they got chops. Still do that. That's a good one. That one survived. No, but this isn't him. This is him putting it in the forefront and stealing it from jazz musicians, as so many rock and roll artists did today. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so when you say he's got chops, it's talking about how, you know, your chops is your fucking your face and your lips. Your your, your jowls? Yeah, your jowls. Like Louis Armstrong could do a little... Yeah, <laughs> and like, and that was his chops. But like Jack Kerouac's like, yeah, this guy went to to the bank and he took out some money. He got chop. It's like, yo, he didn't even use his mouth, dog. He Pretty just used much. his hands to hit the ATM. You're right. It, he, One of my no favorites ATM. that he did bring into popular light is the word dig. Like, he as did. in, can you dig it? Can you dig it? And we're talking, yeah. I, I, Warrior Cyrus. Yeah. Can you dig it? That's that's a rare one, but I still use that. I, I use it all the time. I mean, but also, like, all right, so he brought that into the light, but that shit would have existed regardless. You know what I mean? Because, like... Probably. Because, like, I mean, the jazz musicians were using it, but then, like, I don't feel like... Like, when I think of Can You Dig It or, like, digging something, mm-hmm. I don't think of Jack Kerouac. I think of, like, like the 70s... Yeah. You know... Afro. Early, late 60s, you know, like, like uh, that type of thing. Yeah, I can agree. It's um, he was just fucking getting on that shit. He jumped on it. That's what he did. He just kind of exploited what was around him, whether it was intentional or not. The guy's not that creative. I mean, that's like he's me, really not. That's like me saying, like, "Yo, let me get a forty for my showdy." Yeah, it's like that's exactly not me. like that. Jesus, perfect. So the second way in which he borrowed from jazz was the reflection of freeform style writing for his prose. Mm. That doesn't we, work no, when I you think, do that. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, it's less pro, impressive. Prose shouldn't exist. Poetry should barely exist. But prose definitely should not exist. Mm. That's free-formed putting shit out there. Yeah. If you don't write it down, you're a homeless person. If you write it down, you're a genius in 1955. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but my argument would be... Harry Potter was written on napkins by a British lady. By a homeless woman who didn't know shit. And she was like, hey, I like Lord of the Rings. I'm going to write about wizards. (laughs) I like Lord of Ring. I like George Jar Jar Binks Martin. (laughs) Jesus. Dude. That hurt me. Are you you J.R.R.? What is her name? J.R.R. Tolkien's. J.K. Tolkien. J.K. Tolkien. She's just kidding, and she's also Tolkien. Yeah. All right. That's sick. Rolling. No, no. Tolkien's the other one. Rolling. Ah! No, yeah. Oh, you are you Henry Rollins? Hey. I would love to have Henry Rollins on our show. I would love to have Henry. He would he would actually give us real information. He would probably belittle us 
and make us better people in the long run. Yeah. Yes. You know? I do like listening to that gentleman talk. Oh, he's a great man. And Black Flag. So why is Jack Kerouac so popular? Any guesses? Uh, Don't guess. I was just kidding. Yeah. America at this time was a very boring place to be. Yeah. Post-World War II economy provided the middle class with all the sterile lifestyle that they can handle. Levittown. Yeah. <laughs> and America ate it up. It, it was not exactly a honest time in America. No. It was like, we're number one, yeah. so live like number one does. Yeah. You need a fridge. Which is good. America's a great country. Not knocking it. But we got like too comfortable during that time. Oh, yeah. And that's the one thing I will give to the beat poets. Is they kind of shook it up a little bit. And they were probably called commie pinkos and shit, right? Well, I'll talk about that later. Ooh, okay. Because you're absolutely right. Right. And Kerouac has things to say about that. I bet he did. I bet he whipped yeah. his dick out. Yeah. So the Beat Boys were popular because they rejected the status quo, the mundane nine-to-five factory jobs that were all too abundant. Rebellion was necessary because comfort is not always a good thing. Um. All right. The, the <clears throat> one thing is uh, the factory jobs where they could make all the money that they could need and... For two lifetimes. For two lifetimes. Have a pension. Buy several houses. Yeah, yeah. buy several houses. I have my estate up up north. If you don't know this, quick rundown of America. After World War II, we were the only country standing on our feet enough to actually produce shit and sell to the rest of the world while they were recovering. And on top of which... And they took loans from us. Oh, yeah, they took loans. We were were killing it at that time. That was never meant to last. The, The boom after World War II was ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure I covered this because it makes me real angry. I know, it does. But anyway, like, I mean, these people are rebelling at the time when it's like, if you think about, like, what they're rebelling against in terms of, like, what we're dealing with right now, Mm -hmm. right? it's so ridiculous. It's like, oh, sorry, you could have a job and, like, health free health insurance, a house. Yeah, and just, (laughs) like, the cost of living isn't ridiculous. You know, the, the pay scale makes sense back then. Um, it's good to have heroes that kind of break the norms. It's true. I but, agree yeah. with that. But those who are going to fuck up everything for the sake of fucking it up, like, make sure they're not total assholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, like, helping murderers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great point, Travis. So, Jack Kerouac had three wives, but the only one I really want to talk about is his second wife, mm-hmm. Joan. Joan Kerouac was a 20-year-old living in Manhattan with her lover, Bill Castrana. Bill decided to try to climb out of a moving subway one night, resulting in his skull being crushed between the subway car and a granite support pillar. Oh, shit, is he okay? Well, <laughs> that he's is... dead. Fuck. And, and Jack and Joan decided to celebrate this event by getting married ten days later. Ah, classy. Yes. Oof, very classy. So but I'm... that is social Darwinism. Why are you climbing out of the fucking subway? Oh, yeah, I... <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah, very much stoop. Your lady deserves to be fucking stolen from you ten days after your death. Not stolen. Well, well yeah. Scavenged. Well, the the two obviously had something going on Oh, yeah, on they beforehand. were fucking touching holes. Totally touching holes. This and guy's... Th- every time we're hanging out, this guy's fucking out of the subway. I know he's gonna die. Jack, help me out here. Push him. I, <laughs> Give him a nudge. I feel like Bill was tired of being cucked. Ah, uh, all right. I got it. Probably was. Probably was. Probably was like... But not to say that he killed himself, just to say that he was probably tired of being cucked. I just imagine this idiot just fucking hanging out of the subway every day. Every day subway idiot. Exactly. Adrenaline junkie, like, it's the only thing I feel! 
Have you seen that video? It came out like a, a few weeks ago of this guy. The subway closes and he he hangs on to the side of the fucking subway car as it's fucking traveling. I feel like I've seen like more yeah, than one. Yeah, I've seen a of bunch those. of those. That's so fucking crazy. You want to do it? It is don't crazy. You? Well, that's what this guy did. That's what he was doing. Yeah, and he got his head crushed. Good. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, the two of them began their life together right before On the Road was published. And after it became a hit, Jack couldn't keep his dick inside of his underwears. So she left him. But not before she got pregnant. Pregnante. Uh, but Jack refused to believe that the daughter was his, even uh. though she came forward for nine years of confrontation until he was made to take a blood test. Oh, little oh, paternity. So he went to Maury and he's like, Excuse me, you are the father. And he just drank out of a bottle. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Ugh, Reminds great. me of Lisa Jobs from our Steve Jobs episode. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Steve Jobs did the same shit. No also, one else. Yeah. Goddamn heroes. Also, black turtleneck. Not too unlike a beatnik. Yeah, there was probably a bunch of those turtlenecks flying around, dude. Semen slathered black. That's why they're black. You just made a sticky connection that I didn't see before. Dude, hold on. It happens. Hold on, man. It you happens. said a very big, uh, you said a very big, uh, Contradiction right there. Uh, semen stayed turtleneck by experience is not black. It's always going to be an off gray. If mm-hmm. It's semen stained. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right. <laughs> Got it. You're right. Yeah. That's. I'm not going to fight him. Were you? Yeah. No, I wasn't. Yeah. yeah right. He's say that's why it's black. It's like no. Well, it's going to be off gray. It's just kind of off gray. <laughs> so anyway, Joan seemed to be brainwashed. Oh. Even though she left him. After getting pregnant, and then him refusing that that was her child, even though it's... I think her name ended up being Jan Kerouac. Uh. In her later life, I think she's still alive, but I read a little bit where Joan described him as a very odd person who treated her dreadfully, but was the love of her life. Now, that's a mixed signal if I've ever heard one. That's the brainwash shit I'm talking about. Yeah. Fuck Usually you, bitch, work like I love that. you. It's one thing to say, I loved him, but he treated me like shit. It's another thing to say, he treated me like shit, and he's the love of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. That's a little uh, out there. Yeah. Tends to be a theme with these beat poets. They're like cult leaders to me. Yeah. They get people Unpopular cult leaders. Yeah, just like cult leaders that are only like cults of one or two strong. Yeah. Well, no. Very true. They're pulling in loads of people. They're not like suicidal. They're not doing the Heaven's Gate shit. They're just getting people to be like diehard fans who won't say anything bad about them, but they're really just shitbags. Right. All these dudes. Yeah. Like, read Kerouac. I read Ginsburg shit. I read William S. Burroughs stuff. Burroughs had the most over those other guys, but his work is still kind of shitty. It's not great. No. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold up at all. I could see it being like something that society would go, oh, this is different. Right. As to why we praise this man today, I don't know. Right. Just to mention some other shitty things. Uh-huh. Not that this is like the worst thing, but Jack always lived with his mom because he was broke all the time. Oh, well, oh come on. If you're riding the rails and not don't have a real job, when there's many jobs available, you're going to live with your mom. Yeah, I mean, he would write his books, and like On the Road, for instance, it got him famous, but it mm. didn't get him any money because the way book sales work is that it kind of trickles in. Right, yeah. He owned like 10% of the royalty on it. Because they gave him a huge advance that he just immediately blew. Yeah. On what? Just fun stuff? 
Yeah, dumbass shit ass. You know, he's donut. I mean, I'm sure he's not gonna be negotiating terms with the publishers. No, I mean, like he brought that scroll into a few publishers, and <laughs> they said this needs to be finished, but they gave him the advance on it, and then he spends it. And he he did make good money for a while, but he was really bad. So he always lived with his mom, which is like okay, it's fine if you live with your mom, but not for that reason. Yeah, when you're a major author, like nah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went to his bookstore when I was in San Francisco. Oh, I'd believe it. Yeah, it was it was just a regular bookstore. It's like the Strand in New York City. Hmm. So his mother hated Allen Ginsberg for being gay, but even more so the Jewish thing. And his father called him the Roach. <laughs> uh, she threatened to call the FBI on him due to his anti-American rhetoric. Oh, oh, oh wow. careful! Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up hating Ginsberg towards the end of his life. With a passion. His paranoia made him think that his association with Ginsburg had made people stop buying his books. But it wasn't really Ginsburg, it was just his shitty books. see. <laughs> uh-huh. But we already covered Ginsburg. Like I said, go listen to that. We have Melanie Mode on that episode. Yeah, he's a he's a shitbag. One of the books that I read for this, uh, Jack Kerouac's American Journey. I was reading this and there's like I don't know. I would say like an eighth of the pages are just talking about Ginsburg wanting to fuck Neil Cassidy. So I just wasted a lot of time. It was yeah. like a lot of love letters and uh, him talking about 69ing that man. And- <laughs> I think I was in the room when you like were disappointed. Like, this is all fanboy fucking. Yeah. No, I watched two documentaries and picked up three books on Jack Kerouac. Ugh. And it's a lot. There's almost no real information on him. Right. It's a lot of his feelings. It's a lot of other people admiring him. Oh, for that's shit. important, right? Well, I opened that book you were talking about uh, to like a random page, and the first thing I read, like the page, and the first thing I said was like, "What is this guy trying to do? An auto, like a biography in Jack Kerouac style?" Yeah, I was like, "Dude, if you're gonna do a fucking biography, that's the one thing I will say. If you're gonna do anyone out there that's an author, if you're gonna do a biography on someone." Don't put your own personal shit in the fucking biography. I don't want to hear about it. Wait, what? That happened when I read the Janis Joplin book, too. Yeah. It's all these hippies. They don't get how books are supposed to be written. Yeah, and also, like, if you're going to do a a fucking biography on Jack Kerouac, don't write like Jack Kerouac because he can't fucking write. Very true. Very, very true. And it's obvious when you try because no one writes like Jack Kerouac except Jack Kerouac. Exactly. So fucking stop. I just wanted to read off a little bit of this shit. Uh, that I found in one of the books where he was doing an interview. Oh, is that what he looks like on the fucking cover there? Yeah, that's him. Looks like Rod Serling. He's a really good looking guy. Straight looking. Dashing. Dashing looking man. Yes. I bet he had a strapping hat back in the day. He probably did. Look at that boy, Andrew. You see him? Yeah. Dashing. His tie's undone. Very square chin. Look at me. I'm kind of dressed. Oh, yeah. You can tell he just walked home from work from the plant and had a cigarette. And at, at, at the at the tab. Okay, I'm going to read for a little bit. Okay. When the interviewer pressed Kerouac further by expressing that Ginsburg was a talented man, Kerouac replied, He does not like America. He is my college friend. We used to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge together and sing to Hart Crane. He's become political. He mailed his beard to the district attorney of New York. He <laughs> shaved off his beard and put it in an envelope and mailed it to the district attorney protesting censorship. So then he goes on. The interviewer is telling him uh, they they were discussing a film that Ginsburg wrote, and Kerouac found it pretty offensive. I just mm. thought this was fun. Okay. So the most offensive to Kerouac, besides lingering shots of Ginsburg's mother 
mother's asshole was a collection of broken dolls glued all together to form a cross. Quote Jack Kerouac. So I told him, I said, go down to the delicatessen, buy a link of pork sausage, and drive four nails into the wall, and put up your Star of David. He insulted the cross, man. Christ is not a broken doll. Ever since then, I can't sell a book. These beatnik poets have been insulting Jesus and the Virgin Mary right and left for the last six years in poems, including Farrell and Getty and all those guys. Now, Farrell and Getty was a guy, a communist poet. Okay. Um, they insult Jesus and the Virgin Mary, and they never insult the Star of David. Wait, hold on. Spicy anti-Semitism. Uh. Yeah, no, hold on a minute, though. He wrote a book called Dharma Bums. Oh, yeah. Uh. And, like... Would you- you can't be this, like, I'm anti-America, 1950s, Christian America, I hate it. But then also be like, I'm fucking all about Jeebus, yeah. and I hate commies. Like, what the fuck? This is a misconception about Jack Kerouac that a lot of hippies like to graze over. Okay. You see, I'm going to get into it a little bit more. I'm going I'm to read one more quote from the book okay. from the same interview. Okay. Get into it, dog. I'm intrigued. Ugh, so. yeah. The interviewer, perhaps objecting to Kerouac's claims that Ginsburg was a Russian communist, brought up a Supreme Court ruling making it illegal to make such unfounded accusations. This elicited Kerouac's indifference. I don't give a flinging fuck. I'll tell you elsewhere. The FBI picked me up one night because I had the highest IQ at Newport (laughs) Naval Base in the Navy. They said, are you a communist officer in the Communist Party? I said, no, I just have a high IQ. Fuck this. <laughs> then I went around and came back five, six years later, and this guy picked me up in a jazz joint, turned on his tape recorder, and made me talk. Do you know how the end of the tape was? I was fucking him in the mouth. <laughs> the FBI for you. Take that, J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, hold on. I mean, that was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, no, no. that was. Good. I was fucking him in the mouth. Yes. <laughs> I kind of forgot what was, what was said just before that because I, I had something to say and I totally. Well, he said out. he said something oh, no, about no, him no. in the naval was, academy, but he bailed he bailed at a boot camp. He was a shit Reddit poster, like just saying how he was had the highest IQ, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, it yeah. doesn't. A communist. It, 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 it doesn't make. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, like it's like nowadays like hey are you a terrorist like no my penis is huge what are you talking about (laughs) so there goes my idea of that he was a dirty commie i'm gonna go into that a little bit more but i want to get into his lifestyle a bit and then we'll go back into that but the kerouac that you're thinking of i'm talking to you the listener Hmm. doesn't exist Hmm. this is a sham an illusion let's talk about a little drinky poo Kerouac was never not drunk after On the Road came out. Never not drunk. Solid. Always drunk. Always drunk. He couldn't handle fame of any sort. I mean, I feel like that's how I would be. But <laughs> I'm just imagining know, a like, character that's like, hey, use that guy. Oh, God. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he drank, but he wasn't a fun drunk. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, we're we're all kind of fun drunks. That's unfortunate. We've only yeah. been in, like, how many fights? Uh, I punched you in the head one time, but that, it was that, all in fun. That, yeah, it was, it was fun. all fun. It was that a would, fun you night. You asked me to there punch you in the head. There yeah, was consent. There was consent to that concussion. <laughs> but the drinking led towards his physical abuse. There are record stories of him physically abusing Timothy Leary, mm-hmm. the grandfather of acid, uh, Ginsburg, the sewer pedo. <laughs> <laughs> sewer pedo. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. You got me on that one. Yeah. And his wife, Joan. So that's just three examples. I'm sure there's more. But, yeah. Wait, can we do, like, with Timothy Leary, the sewer pedo, Ginsburg, yeah. his wife, <laughs> his <laughs> wife Joan, and Kerouac, wow. uh, the yeah. heroine that Jack Kerouac wasn't doing, and the drink that Jack Kerouac was doing, here Ooh. when Jack Kerouac's drunk and fucking chilling, That's Island. good. Yeah, I needed some of that. <laughs> I need, you need some singing. Yes. So let's talk about Northport. Oh, no, Poe. You guys ever hear of Northport? Yeah. That's if where Mamas was born. If you're from Long Island, you probably know where Northport is. It's north. So he moved to Northport for a while. I knew that because my papa saw him there. Yeah, he oh, moved. Oh, wow. Mm. Tell me about your dad seeing Jack Kerouac. All right. So my dad, my dad, my papa, was like, hey, papa, my papa was a very young man, and he grew up in Huntington, Long Island. Okay. And he went to his uh, my grandma's friend's house and met Jack Kerouac, but he didn't know who he was. And then later, my dad was one of those like he's younger than Jack Kerouac. Obviously, he was mm-hmm. a little child, mm-hmm. but he was that hippie generation where it was like Jack Kerouac's so fucking cool. Uh, so right. like when he like grew up like in his like early twenties, like I met Jack Kerouac. Great for I didn't you. know who he was, but I met him, bro. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> that, that guy sucks. Proximity yeah. to Jim oh, my dad him. sucks. He's like, well, you know. No, not... Oh, I thought you said it was his friend who did that. <laughs> no, that's him. You that's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, okay. You well, fucked up. Dick, you're a pretty cool guy. I like Dick. Dick's good. <laughs> Sorry, good I, mi- I misheard that. I, I was got distracted. It's all good. No, but he was, he was a Long Islander for a little bit. He was. He moved to Northport, Long Island to distance himself from his stupid beatnik friends, and he had grown a bit bitter and xenophobic, as you do when you're older. Oh, yeah. I mean, not really, though. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. Well, he accepted that. Well, Understand I mean, that his pride, your xenophobic is part of your pride. I talked about that earlier. Well, yeah, I mean, but like you said, like, as you do when you get older, I feel like as you do if you're a fucking cockhead to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, sarcastically give the guy a bone i got you i didn't get sarcasm when did i take sarcasm 101 dude uh never. satire i didn't go to oh, just, just don't satire me never went to this college whole podcast for, is satire i never went to college for satire 101 bro right. don't believe anything except the stuff you cite yeah satire tag this entire podcast is fake all of roast mortem nothing we've ever said is true i'm actually a reptilian yeah don't start that again so this is local history for us, because he is kind of our neighbor. <laughs> he liked to break into surrounding Northport houses, mansions, things like that. Yep. Uh, he would go to the library and refuse to go inside and make the librarian run around and get books for him. That's really dumb. Because he was afraid of his fame, so he would just a- hide in a bush, like Billy Joel did not too long ago. Oh, William Joel? Yeah. <laughs> I saw him, and he was hiding in a bush. A ficus? Not even kidding. Wait, he was really hiding in a bush? Yeah, he was eating at a restaurant around the corner from me, and I noticed that there was a, like, a plant like more on the sidewalk. This was during <laughs> the summer. Friend, a very expensive French restaurant. And I walked past. Oh, I one. saw him. Don't like his music. Not going to bother him. Kept walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Played my Papa Roach mixtape as I walked by <laughs> Billy Joel. Precisely. So, I just want to throw this out here. While I'm able to put together an episode on this dick scarf of a dude, Ooh. it should be noted... The disillusion of the mythos that is Jack Kerouac. I need to formally put this out there. I picked up three books, watched these documentaries, and it seems that everyone who covers him 
pretends to be such a fanboy that nobody wants to call him out on shit. Mm. Ah. Very forgiving people. Brainwashed. Ooh, yeah. Like I was talking about with Joan before. I think it's like a lot of the... Uh, Reputation. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Like no one wants to talk shit about him, but like I can't find anything nice he ever did. Well, him, I mean, I mean, we're going to get into some real fucking thick sociology right now. Thick sociology. Jesus Christ. Dude, uh, that's how thick it is. While he was alive, he was published 19 times in books. That's too much. It was. Mm. Too much. Nine of them were novels, the rest being like poems and prose and garbage, basically. Huge waste of paper. Yeah, that's garbage. On the Road was the only book that actually made him any money. Most of the other shit was flop, Big Sur, Dharma Bums. These are things that we only look at now because, or when I say we, I mean culture looks at now like they they have any fucking gumption in them, right? Because we want to we want to appreciate this guy, right? But yeah. this is nothing. The, this is the essence of roast mortem podcast. It's his B words. Your idol is a shit bag. Yeah, like this guy sucks. I Not think I, I read the like the uh, I. I read all three of them. The only ones I actually do remember were Dharma Bums. I do remember Big Big Sur a little bit. But, like... I don't know. They're just about friends going somewhere. It's just, yeah, they're, they're all like the not, same fucking shit. Yeah. It's great. It's like... We're friends on a podcast, Mountain. Well, at least with this is somewhat concise. As drunk as Travis gets, he at least delivers a point. Dude, sometimes I talk about my, my, my underwear. Sometimes I talk <laughs> about the colors of the wind in my underwear. And fucking exactly. Sometimes I talk about fucking raccoons. But that's different. Those are different things. Because it's stuffed. True. I guess, like I said, this guy sucks, and it's shitty that adults today tell teenagers that this is good writing, because if you look at it from a teenager perspective, it means that all writing is bullshit. Yeah. This is really bad stuff, and should not be given to youth, just based on the fact that it's not that good and it doesn't hold up. Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't read it. But adults should stop saying this is good writing yeah. to people who would not relate to this at all because it's empty and it's shallow and it's rapists and it's thieves and that's it. And they're not even funny. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, but. I'm getting hot and heated, dude. I've been fucking, it, I'm fanning myself off with yeah, a Jack Kerouac biography because I am pissed Got off at Jack Kerouac. So much. He's so wet right now, but I I will agree with you. But at the same time, how can I, a man from Long Island, how can I? That's a Long Island accent. Get behind Ethan from Ethan from just go down a sled and paralyze your lover. It's easy. Anyone can do it. Got a scorpion that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what else? So, is, I, you know, wait, no, 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 no. You know what else is bullshit? What? Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, that it's book sucks the, too. Not the same guy, but it's a different guy. Salinger. It's a way better book than anything that oh, Jack yeah. Kerouac's written, and it's not that good. No, that's, that's how I feel about this I, Kerouac. I was but ex- I almost feel like I almost feel like J.D. Salinger and fucking Holden Caulfield, like this character, the Holden Caulfield, is very much in tune with the. Jack Kerouac. I don't give a fuck. It's like one of those. It's one of those. The same book you read when you're in high school, and you're like, I totally agree with this, bruh. Never got catcher. Yeah, I got the Holden Caulfield thing when I was 15, and then you stop, and then you grow up, and you realize that your dick's not always your best friend, <laughs> and you yeah. realize yeah. none of this matters so much. So basically, stop what, it. So basically, what you're telling me is that Jack Kerouac and J.D. Salinger. 
are Goosebumps books that they've elevated to literature. Because you should stop reading Goosebumps books after you've graduated, even junior high. Are you positing Goosebumps is not literature? It's not literature. It's fucking trash. It is, but it's fun trash. At least it's and at fun. Least it's self- at least it's fun. It's fun, self-acknowledging <laughs> trash. What's your favorite so, book? Animorphs, which is literature. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you R.L. Stein book, and you said Animorphs, like a 90s kid. Shocker on Shock Street. I never yeah. read that one. All right, so Tom, wrap it up. So I'm wrapping it up. You off. So, Jack Kerouac never wanted to be King of the Beats, grandfathers of the hippie movement. All he wanted was to be a great writer. He saw the destructive, shallow nature that would help define his work. He saw how counterproductive it was to finding freedom firsthand. This crazy lifestyle of just running yourself into the ground all the time. Right. Fucking yourself up. It's like a Tom Petty song, I know. Yeah. And I'm He's free. free. So he didn't Thanks, like it. Cody. Adding to the musical fucking talent. I'm free falling. So it reminds me. Che Guevara. Right. The same way. He did not like hippies. He did not like beatniks. The same um, way Che Guevara did not like the like any music at all or or yeah, art. Or, you're just describing me now. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you mind your own. So, also not a dictator, not a murderous dictator, at least. Cody, no, absolutely given, not. The, given the chance, I don't think you'd be murderous, but given the chance, I think Cody would be a very fine dictator. I'd be I'd be a huge a huge troll. Yeah, I'm like no pants ever. <laughs> no, no pants. You get you get kilts. You get kilts, sarongs, and uh, socks. Can I live in? Oh wait, whoa, hold on. I was just about to say, can I live in your fucking dictatorship? I was gonna call it a principality, but yeah. All right, I was gonna say that, but then you're like, you have to wear socks and no pants. No, no, no. That's that's your your options are no, just no, no, socks. No. That's never that's sarongs never. or just kilts. socks. Is never a fucking option. I, dude, that's really funny you say that. I got out of the shower today, and the first thing I put on was <laughs> why, socks. Why'd you for some do reason. that? That's dumb. And then I was thinking to myself, what kind of person is found dead in just socks? It it, it makes you feel wrong. It's like a weird like th- yeah. Think about the person who's found dead just in socks. Like <laughs> they're probably worth a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe they just have poor circulation. No, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like someone gets killed or drug overdose, just socks. They just have cold toesies. Well, also, or right. even better, gold toe socks. Oh, well, no what does that do? Well, now do? you're throwing no some different things. Toeless socks, like fingerless gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to exist. Merch right. store. One more, yes, one more. That roast mortem toeless socks coming to you. <laughs> one more thing before you c- conclude this boy. All right. About socks. <laughs> Completely <laughs> off topic. But having sex with your socks on. Horrible. Terrible. Uh, it's actually really good for women because like, I, uh, like there was a what? study that like socked women were able to come more while socked. Well, that's stupid. It's I don't just, fucking no. believe that one bit. I don't believe that at all. I have a good friend. I'm not even going to tell you guys know him, but uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is. But he told me the first time he banged, he had socks on. And then he thought about that the next, like, year while he was banging. That's just paraphernalia. Yeah, it's he just fucking co- damaging. No, he didn't want to do it. He no, just felt like It was like his losing his virginity, and I then he looks down, on. and there's socks. Just socks. Oh. And then, like, and then he kept checking his feet for the next year. Oh, I feel so bad for that guy. Well, dude, he's a good guy. I'm not going to throw him under I know, the bus. I, don't want, you, I don't want you to. I think he needs to go to counseling. Back to Jack Kerouac. <laughs> so, how do the hippies feel about Vietnam War? Hated it. Uh, uh, Guess what? Jack Kerouac 
Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. He was like, fuck <laughs> communism. Right up the ass. Backwards. Jesus is my homeboy. He pretty much hated everything that he helped make. He hated hippies. He hated anyone who looked like Ginsburg, which was a lot of people at the time. He just hated that shit. He was like, he was a conservative Catholic boy. Absolutely nightmare to to Ginsburg. Beat the shit out of him. Which, you know, Ginsburg by all means, but, you know. Right. I mean, Ginsburg should get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. In the 60s. But also... Like, I feel like if I was the responsible for the hippies, I would hate myself. And hate oh, them. yeah. D- like, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Jack becomes like a lot of things I don't understand, but at the same time, I kind of get it in yeah. some ways. Like, all right, this never worked. Okay, so ask me. How'd this boy die? Thank you. At 11 o'clock on the morning of October 20th, 1969, sick, sick. in St. Peter. Petersburg, Florida. St. Petersburg. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, he had a little house that he was building down there that he lived in with his mom and his wife at the time. Um, Jack Kerouac was sitting in his favorite chair, drinking whiskey and malt liquor, working on a book about his father's print shop in Lowell, Massachusetts. Sounds great. Suddenly felt nauseated and walked into the bathroom, where he began to vomit blood. (laughs) Kerouac was taken to a nearby hospital. Suffering from abdominal hemorrhage. Oh. He received several transfusions in an attempt to make up for the loss of blood. Bah, bah. And doctors subsequently attempted surgery, but a damaged liver present- prevented his blood from clotting. <laughs> this man can't keep bah, the blood bah, on the bah, inside. This guy, I'll squaw, I'll squaw. Yeah, bah, bah, no! Keep it inside you, you idiot! He died the following morning, never having regained consciousness consciousness after the operation his cause of death desk <laughs> his cause of death was listed as an internal hemorrhage bleeding of the esophageal varices so his throat opened up from the inside yes yeah. caused Ooh. by cirrhosis uh. so can we just agree that he died from lack of better ingredients true in his body well he oh he died from too much much alcohol which is good, that. but too much alcohol, not so good on it. No. Nah. He was only 47 years old. Oh, wow. It's not, that's younger than I expected. Now. Yes. A little post-mortem bit. Oh, yeah. What I just said is commonly known as Jack Kerouac's death. Yeah. The, uh, the loving writer who's gone out of his way to create a movement <laughs> and drowned himself in alcohol. He couldn't stand modern society. He had to drown himself and make it happen that way. Nah. Destroy his body. Yeah, could not deal with the pressures of modern society. No. In reality, one thing that is not talked about much: the catalyst to this death. So, a few days before he started throwing up blood everywhere, uh-huh. <laughs> Kerouac was in a bar with a friend a few nights before. A wasted Jack Kerouac started doing an impression of a black person that he was writing about in his latest novel, Pick. Oh, classy. So he's got a little racist, yeah. basically. Great. He's doing a racist thing. Terrible. He was in a black bar. Perfect. <laughs> there was a band playing in the small bar, and some of them overheard and seemed to be taking in what Jack Carrick was doing. Especially, did, especially because this man has stolen a bunch of black culture in his earlier career. It made his career. Yeah. And now he's writing about uh, a character named Pick in a novel, his last one to ever come out, called Pick, and he's doing like stereotypical black shit. 
And the whole bar is just a bunch of black dudes. Fucking they're hanging yes. out. They're playing music. I was about to do an example of what he would have done just right into this live microphone. Nope, don't do don't that. Don't do that. You don't you need to. No need to. It's stupid. No, but I appreciate the enthusiasm, uh, Cody. <laughs> you are you are welcome. You are welcome for almost racism. You are, uh, thanks, Cody, for not ending our podcast. So, you're welcome. The band leader, they're getting visual cues from. Like, knock it off. So Jack's pal, who he was with, went over to the band leader and was trying to smooth things out. Come on. How might you ask? By hugging him from behind. <laughs> that's just a... That's just a... No, no, no. That was an attempted rear naked chokehold that just turned into, like, a, a drunky hug. No, that oh, was a stupid yeah. drunk hug from behind. Yeah, you don't hug anyone from behind, especially yeah. if you don't know them. And they just looked over you like, hey, stop being a racist dick about my race, you asshole. Give me a hug, Tom. I'll give you a little bit. Give me a hug. All right, Cody, imagine, so, imagine if you're like, hey, uh, here's my family. Uh, here's my mom. Here's my girlfriend. And I just, like... I was like, they went out to reach for a hug, and they just like stepped behind them and hugged them from behind and gave them a little on the fucking neck. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like without. That's weird. Well, very. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Interesting. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> very. They call that the, 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 the Polish hello. Polish like, hello. Yeah, you, you yeah. feign the hug, and then you come around behind him and kiss him on the nape of the neck. Oh, Give him I a little gesundheit. No right consent. Hole. Yes. So, the band leader turned around and knocked the dude out. Good. Jack jumped up and yelled, He's not a queer! <laughs> what? So this band leader turned out to be, like, 22-year-old shredded ex-boxer. <laughs> oh, that's unlucky. So his reply was, You want some, too? I just did my racist impression. Don't kill me, everyone. That was not very no, racist. you're good. It wasn't. You're it was good. generic. It sounded though. worse in your head. It sounded way worse yeah. in my head because I'm drunk. So Put that at the top. So, seemingly, the whole bar took Jack outside and started kicking the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. Good. This beating most likely led to his organs not doing so well, i.e. bleeding the fuck out ah. and killing him a few days later. No, he didn't. We don't well, know that yeah, didn't well, happen. Maybe. Well, after he got the shit kicked out of him, he was sent to jail and he was bailed out, but he was probably dealing with some internal bleeding or something. They don't check that in jail, really. No, not really. No, Especially they for don't. beatniks. Wait, what'd you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew oh, on the couch no. says, upon jail arrival, you, you do have the cavity search for stuff. So this is the, the demise of one Jack Kerouac. Mm. Interesting character. Yes. Shitty writer. Shitty and not writer. at all who you thought he was. It seems like he no. made his own projection and then paraded around in like a paper mache version of what he wanted to be. Yeah, kind of. Well, I didn't know that he was so religious- and bisexual, but at the same time homophobic. Well, I don't know about the bisexual thing. I he, thought he was like touching holes. And no, shit. well, I don't know about that. That's speculation. But he's cool with all the gays and like. Oh well, he was for cool a with little that. bit. Well, he was cool with that in his youth, but when right. he he got older and he got more attached to his religion, I mean, like he did all that fucked up shit. Like you know, he banged a fifteen year old with Neil Cassidy on his dead dad's bed. Yeah, that's like, yeah. I don't Casper know for mattresses. <laughs> uh, that's our sponsorship. Nope. No, it's not. It is no, not. no, it isn't our time because we wouldn't bring up the fact that you should bang <laughs> with your friend, a fifteen-year-old on a Casper mattress. You like well, Casper no, mattresses? We're, we're, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, hi, this is a podcast. We are endorsed by Pascal mattresses. Pascal <laughs> mattresses. Have sex with a fifteen-year-old. No, no, I'm saying no, these so people you, are very sick. Yeah, I'm saying so. You don't. Fuck in your crusty late dad's bed, 
pop up one of them Casper mattresses from that mason jar they come in. No, but I... <laughs> Get in the box. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm very surprised. I, you know, I mean, as someone that was like a 15-year-old, 14-year-old, and read Jack Kerouac, I was like, dude, I'm so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I, I knew he was a drunk. I knew well, drunks are kind of cool. But I was like, all right, Cause we're whatever. Drunks. Yeah, we're drunks. drunks. We can't talk we're shit We're drunks. Yeah. Where's the drunks? But, like, I didn't know this fucking, that he was a hypocrite, well, ultimately. Well, I mean, to be fair, we're all hypocrites. Yeah. Dude, I'm not a hypocrite. This is her day. This is her day. <laughs> like, hold on. Like, yo, um, I've never been there, but South Carolina, raise up. Take your shirt off. Spin it around your head just like a helicopter. Wow. Whoa. I'm just saying, dude. That's testament to how little of a hypocrite this man is. I'm not a hypocrite. Well, maybe- And if you want to send me a picture of you spinning or a video- of you spinning your shirt around your head like a helicopter and you're from South Carolina, send it to me. I'm into it. All right. Well, Cody, any thoughts on Kerouac? You just hate literature. It's 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 rough on the it's rough on the Cody. He if, if you take that out of the mix, he seems pretentious and fucky and he got what he deserved in the end, aka essentially being reverse lynched. Kind of. Good. Yeah. No, no, there's no reverse lynching. He was just lynched. Nah. Well, no one really deserves to be lynched, but at the same time, when, uh, you, when you're going... Yeah. When, when you're, you, when when you're, you're saying that. some real rough shit and getting in, racist in a bad in a black spot. bar. Yeah. Wait, hold like, on, Tom. You said no one deserves to be lynched. The KKK deserves to be lynched. Yeah. I That's mean, hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is fun. Like, well, oh, well, you guys are being fucking assholes? Look, lynch you. David Duke lynched you. I suppose all I'm trying to say is that I don't want to incite anything, but maybe things are different. Oh, if well, you look at them. Okay. Dude, are you Willa Wong? Are you Willis Wonkus? Uh yeah, I am. And I'm made of chocolate. All right. Let's wrap this episode up. Surely. Thanks for listening to me talk for a long time and Cody and Travis also talking. But not as much as me, because this was a Kerouac Tom episode. Oh, and I gotta say, I really hate Kerouac. It's not I hate him. Yeah, yeah um, I feel your rage now. I don't even like it. You, I mean, like a lot of the people I bring in. I like when I did Django. I liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even liked Jazz Joplin a little bit. I thought I, I liked-, liked Keith Moon. He was pretty cool after I did the research on it. But Kerouac and Ginsburg and the third one to come. All suck big old donkers. That's yeah. Rough. yeah. I thought I liked Jack Kerouac. Now I don't even like him even more. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who he was and I hate him. Yep. No to avoid him. So fuck that guy. If you see a kid reading this book, tell him to stop because there's better books to read. Just slap it out of his fucking dick. You're done. Is- All right. That's it. Okay. Thanks for listening again. You can follow me, Tom, on Twitter at Saunched, S-A-U-N-T-C-H-T, hee-hee. You can follow me, Travis, at Travis Legion with two E's on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Cody McCann, C-O-D-Y-M-C-C-A-N-N. Hey, you can find us collectively at Roast Mortem Cast on Twitter, Instagram. we got a Facebook. And if you want to shoot us a Gmail, do that, whatever. Sucks. You give us recommendations or you can just vent to us. I would love the venting. Like, yeah. Vent, like, yeah. Like someone's personal experience. Like, what was that time you stayed up way too late reading a Jack Kerouac book 
And then you woke up and you were like, fuck that guy. Yeah, you'd be like, I was at Wendy's at four in the morning and I smoked so much methamphetamines and I was listening to your podcast for 42 hours and I love you guys. Wow. Damn, dude. As, if I was a fan of us, that's what I'd be doing. That's what do you I'm think saying. our fans do all day? Chill. <laughs> On methamphetamine. Bingo. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Listen to the Ginsburg episode. We got yes. Melody Mode on there. She is very funny. Oh, yeah. Crushing it. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Shane. If you like what you just heard, we'd love to hear back from you. Yeah! Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, at it. Roast Mortem Cast. Yeah, that's right. That's us. That's us. And if you tag us on either one of those social platforms, mm-hmm. we will write an obituary for you, you sexy corpse you. Yeah, write in. We're going to write an obituary for you. Make sure you tell a friend. Give us a subscription. Yeah, let us know how we're doing. How you're doing, too. Yeah. I want to know how I'm doing, how you're doing. It's just a good old... No one doing fest. Yeah. No one doing fest. That's right. Don't do it. Do it. Yeah. For me. Stick around right now for some obituaries and some outtakes. Here we go. Oh shit! Some people died. Ghost childs. Uh, Jake Kerouac. We just finished Jake Kerouac. That's right. Yeah. Jake Carowee. Jack Jillen, holy Kariki. Yeah. And that was, uh, he's drunk and we are drunk. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. drunk. Yeah. Mm. He's a mm. poet and we are real people. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I got a license and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, if uh, you would, could you give us a chaser for little Jack Kerouac? Oh. Pretty obvious. Uh, well, I mean, it's Ginsburg. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right? Cody, would you say so? Yeah. 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 Substantially more kid diddling. Yes. Way more. I think Ginsburg is more terrible, but Jack has his own fucking shittiness. Ginsburg is the worst of that it's um, a, goof troop. It's a unique okay. flavor, isn't it, Travis? It's a very tart bitterness that just ugh, permeates. Cody, you're... Ugh, ugh. All right. What All right, are we so, doing here? Uh, let's uh, kill, Fuck you! Let's kill some My fucking... My words. Yeah, let's kill some fucking people that like our show. Yeah! All right, we can do that. Tom, you want to start us off? Sure. No. Uh, I want to talk about the mediocre life coach. Oh, I see that. Who's also responsible for getting us on the Urban Dictionary? Mm, yes, for the Korean Wellington. Oh yeah, yeah. We so, owe you a thing. Mediocre life coach hits us up on Twitter. He let us know that he made an entry for us. Yes, on Urban Dictionary for Korean Wellington. So now all of you at home can go type in Korean Wellington on Urban Dictionary and know what the hell we're talking about. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, good, Coach, good cool lad. dude. He's from Florida. Mm. He likes the show a lot. Uh-huh. He's been listening to it. And, uh, oh, fuck yes. Hats off to the sir. Mm. But now he did. Oh. So, Coach lives down in Tampa, Florida. Uh-huh. And what do you think of when you think Tampa, Florida? Uh, ball soup. Okay. Uh, um, a Florida man. Okay. I'll give you the right answer. Sure. Skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, Coach is skateboarding around Tampa, Florida, and he decides that 
He wants to recreate one of his childhood memories. Oh, cool. Which I'm definitely projecting right now. Tony Hawk uh, 900. Secret tapes. It's Tony Hawk Ollie the Bum. Yeah. Oh. Got to Ollie the Bum five times if you want that tape or that, or that, that goal or whatever. I don't remember what they're called, but you did it. Tony Hawk sex tape. Yeah. So no. we got uh, coaches ollieing bums all over Tampa. Sick. And there's Ooh. lots of them. But a problem with that is that they're not all Ollie. Uh-oh. They're all different bums. Some of them are Florida men. Yeah, so you guys find that right Oliver. <laughs> so he finds his fourth Oliver, and he's like, hell yeah, I can do this. So he goes out, and he's trying to find his last Oliver. Uh-huh. uh-huh. As he tries to Oliver the Ollie. Right. Gets snatched up. With what? Wasn't really a bum. Oh! It was a child molest. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Is he a child? What's going on? Or well, is this is this molester confused? He's not a child, but only children kickflip or ollie over bums. So he, this child molest decided that he was going to take this little molest out. And I don't think Coach is a small dude, but also doing small dude things, just like I do. <laughs> oh, just like dude. I do. Dude, yeah. there's so many ways to die. There's like They should be come out with that thing like a thousand ways to die just in Florida. Right. So... Part Get, one. He gets into a tobacco with this little child molest, Oliver. And Oliver is like, oh, you're not even no child. So he decides to bring him up on top of a building, which is like three stories tall. Oh, That's about as big as they get in Tampa. Drops him off. Uh-huh. Oh. Then throws oh. a skateboard at him. Goes, suck my whole dick. Dude, and dude that's, wow. that's how Coach dies. Did he do a 900 on the way down? At least. Give him that much. Dude, he did all the sick moves. Uh, Coach is our dude. Coach is our guy. He did so many sick moves. He just ollied the wrong molest. Well, yeah, I'm saying on his fall to his death. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm. He fell to his death because he kick-flipped the wrong molest. Ollied the wrong bomb. Hell yeah. Cody, who is going to die I'll go next. All right. (laughs) Die next is our good friend, Matty. And he's at J Madison. I think I got that right. On Twitter, he's from Buffalo, New York. He's former military. Thank you for all y'all service, sir. And he wants us to roast Disney. We will. Eventually. In fact, absolutely, we must roast Disney. Oh, yeah. Disney's coming in hot. He's coming in hot and racist. Yeah. It's weird how things don't change. Yeah. But that's not like some things will never change. There's a sunflower child boy eating shrimp in the rain. But Maddie's outs- <laughs> okay. Maddie's outspoken hatred of Walter Disney jostled the last iota of chronically preserved hatred in his cyborg heart. Yes, a Walt Disney cyborg heart. Whoa. And body, mind you, rejuvenating him. And bingo, bango, he's out for hatred revenge. We have a Terminator Connor situation on our hands. Wait, oh shit! Works. So Disney's after our boy? Yeah, Terminator a- Disney. It's like, it's like Radio Disney, but he's real. Wait, isn't it? Is that Fox or Warner Terminator? I don't know. I don't know. Because if it's Fox, then technically Disney owns Terminator. Mm-hmm. Dude, why isn't there a Terminator Land? Wow, I'm sure there is. Dude. Like in like the deepest sex dungeon of like Disneyland, probably. Dude. They actually yeah. don't advertise it at all. It's in New Jersey. There's a secret. <laughs> there's a secret knock on the, uh, not the door, but the hatch. Yeah, it's just Sarah Connor and Morse code. Wow, that's <laughs> that. That'll take a morning to <laughs> tracks him down, a la Terminator, and Disneyborg finds him. They have an epic fight, a Goku versus Frieza fight without those. And bullshit episodes of spirit bomb shit. So a normal fight. Yes. Yeah, regular. Maddie is thrown off of his feet. 
falls nearly into a fissure just before he can hoist himself out to safety. Disney Borg, the man, the machine himself, digs his beautifully animated metallic claws into Maddie's already strained wrists and whispers, I killed Mufasa, and lets Maddie plummet into a wildebeestie death. Rest in peace. Damn. You think, you think, you think that Terminator Disney could come up with something original, but I mean, he stole everything that he did, so he's even stealing from himself. Don't, don't take Walter (laughs) Disney's name in vain. His comeuppance will come. All right, and our last person is Satanic Cinnamon on Instagram. Whoa. Mm, Seasonal and sinful. Yeah. I adore. She is from Brussels, and uh, she recommended us to do Dr. Seuss. Hey. Yeah, well, little did you know that we're probably going to do him. Yeah. Yeah. mm, 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 mm. Green Um, eggs and eggs. Yeah, you just have a green egg. Like, if you really just had a green egg, you'd be like, this is garbage. Yeah, I'm just, dying. I don't even want to put it in my compost pile. I'm not going to see if there's 40 cents in here. I'm going to throw it <laughs> my out. My stomach is Thanos dissolving because of that green egg. All right, so Satanic Cinnamon. You know, she's got she's very into this, like, witchy kind of look oh, going shit. on. Very witchy, gothy. Right, cool. Okay. So she goes to her local witch's coven in Brussels. Nice. And uh, they're doing whatever the fuck witches do, like fingering themselves over toads or something. <laughs> I don't know. I I seen a I nat. Mean, I just I seen imagining that there's a nat geo. There's a nat geo thing I saw once. I hate to blow up your spot, but that's exactly what they do. Yeah, was, you know. So um, you need a membership recommendation, they, though. Yeah, they accidentally summon uh, Anton Lavey. I fucking hate when that happens. That uh, cue ball of a sucker. Yeah, the founder of the Church of Satan. Oh, that guy. Right, because it's like, oops. Yeah. Oops, all toad. Oops, did it by accident. <laughs> Too much <Oops>. toad. <laughs> Too much eye of newt. So the entire coven is like, oh, fuck, what the fuck? And they push Satanic Cinnamon forward, because that's her name is Satanic Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, uh, you you can deal with Anton, Anton. LeVay definitely likes cinnamon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just because uh, she is a sassy, cheeky bitch, she says, Wow. Hail Satin, king of fabrics. Oh. Okay, she's having fun. She's having fun. Goofing. Cheeky. Goofing. And uh, Anton, who's a huge fashionista, you see that head? He's got to cover it with things, bro. Of course. Yeah. So he starts pulling out all these fabric rolls. He's like, I could make something for Satan out of this. I could make something for Satan out of this. Ooh, velour. And he he keeps piling them up in the corner of the room. Okay. Where are you going? One of the other witches. Where are you going? One of the other witches is very fascinated by one that's at the bottom of this huge pyramid of, of fabric. Rolls. Where the fuck are you going? She she tries to pull it out to see what it was. The whole thing comes tumbling down. Oh, fuck. Titanic cinnamon. Oh, no. Shit. She's killed by fabric. Instantly, or is it excruciating? Oh, it was. She's rolled on. Murdered she's by satin. Rolled. Oh. Hail oh. Satan. Rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace. Damn. Rest in one mushy piece is. And uh, thanks to the three of you yeah. for writing in. Fuck yeah. And we, we love this shit. Yeah. We yeah. have a good time. Hell yeah. You're dead now. And if we you don't even it. like your death, just hit us up. We'll make out with you. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, that'll bring him back to life and we'll kill you again. Yeah. Redo. We'll Mulligan. All right, so Papa John, stick around for some hot tea. Bye. Cameron's homosexual obsession turned into aggressive. I'm doing a bad job reading again. It's okay, Good Tom. thing I'm not sneezing. You're not sneezing out your dick. Yeah.
Last time he was sneezing out of his dick, and there was like bo- like dick boogers flying everywhere, and yeah, it was gross. It was gross.